Training camp preview coming up with our buddy Ryan Matthews from Pride of Detroit. You are Locked On Lions, your daily Detroit Lions podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's do this, everybody. On a Wednesday, 7-19, July 19th, and a Thursday, July 20th, it's Locked On Lions on the Locked On Podcast Network. Indeed, your team every day. Matt Derry with you. Training camp around the corner next week. Rookies coming in the next couple of days. Veterans reporting over the weekend. We got Ryan Matthews with us, senior editor from prideofdetroit.com. I'm going to talk a little Lions today. Get ready for training camp. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown seems to be getting snubbed on a lot of lists. We'll get into that. Uh, somebody at POD just wrote a big expose on Alex Anzalone. I woke up to that today. Uh, that was a very, very interesting. We'll talk some expectations as well with Ryan. Find us on Twitter at Dairy Speaks at Locked On Lions. We are on threads at The Real Matt Dairy. Facebook page as well is there for you. And of course, we welcome those of you watching on the Locked On Lions YouTube channel. Please subscribe. Thanks to our everydayers who are out there checking us out each and every right here on Locked On Lions. Ryan, good to see you. Thanks for coming on, my friend. Anytime, Matt. I, I really appreciate the opportunity and always love chatting with you, man. No question about it. How you been? You ready for this uh, thing to get started next week? Uh, maybe the most excited I've been uh, in, in a long time for Lions football. And, and obviously from the ticket queue lines for Ticketmaster for training camp uh, this morning, it seems like everybody's just as excited about Lions football, too. Yeah, I saw at 10 a.m. they had put they they had put out the the release and I guess the, the sort of the advertisement about, hey, look, you can get tickets this morning at 10 a.m. I'm assuming... I mean, those are those got to be long gone by now. Oh yeah, I, I jumped in a queue and there were over three thousand people ahead of me. I, I, wow. I mean, th- this will be the training camp, I think, Matt, where they look at Allen Park and they say, "We can't handle this kind of humanity here. We need to, we need to upgrade <laughs> and we need a bigger space." So you didn't get any tickets, I take it. No, I, I think I'll, I'll, I'll work some magic with Jeremy and get some yes. press credentials, huh? <laughs> get uh, get Jeremy and Eric on the case. We love those guys at Pride of Detroit, uh, oh, yeah. prideofdetroit.com, of course. All right, so the excitement level is there. And obviously, like you said, I mean, the demand for the Lions is at an all-time high. And it's this really likable team. But, uh, you know, let's talk a little, you know, I guess we could talk about some expectations. But as you go into look into training camp next week, what what intrigues you the most? You know, I, I think it's the defensive backs group, Matt. You look at what Brad Holmes did in free agency. This was really the first time that he was as aggressive um, as he's been in, in now three off seasons in Detroit. And it was right off the bat with Cam Sutton, a big contract, the the splashiest move that he's made in free agency so far. So you signed Cam Sutton, you know, a patented uh, Brad Holmes move, signing the one-year deal for Emmanuel Mosley as a prove-it contract, see if you can bounce back from that ACL surgery and, and have the same type of success you had in San Francisco. And then C.J. Gardner-Johnson, right? I mean, that seemed to be the the needle mover uh, for me this offseason where it's like, oh, big-time players want to come play in Detroit. And those three guys figure to be starters, right? You, uh, if, if Mosley is healthy, Jerry Jacobs is there. They drafted Brian Branch. There's there's a lot of interesting pieces that are going to fit into that defensive backs group. Tracy Walker coming back from his Achilles injury. I, I'm most intrigued to go to training camp and see the calculus, see the rotation, and see where these guys are playing and lining up. You mentioned the DBs. Um, 
wow, you look on paper, like you said, and you know, Jerry Jacobs went from cornerback one at some points in the last couple of years, especially with the Okuda injuries, to now being that, like you said, third or fourth guy. Uh, you know, they still like Will Harris, who's there. Um, but having to play Kansas City, Rye, right in the first week, that's gonna be a tough, I guess that's the ultimate test, right? It is, yeah. I mean, the band aid comes off quick, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I think with the I think the way that you put it, Matt, there's a lot of changeover and on paper they should be better. But sometimes different doesn't always mean better. So that's why I'm most intrigued about training camp is to see how all these pieces fit. Walker's health. I mean, I'm I, that's another thing I, you wonder about. And you mentioned it, but uh, you put him with Kirby Joseph. I think that's an upgrade than anything that they were doing last year. For sure. Dynamite. And, you know, it, somebody who I think was maybe overlooked i think uh in terms of his play last season was deshaun elliott he was one of the best run defenders as far as safeties go but detroit just lets him walk right he, he goes to miami for a, a, a really low contract on a one-year deal it, it kind of goes to show though matt the way that the talent level the floor at least has has been raised by brad holmes each offseason developing players like kirby joseph and uh, you know, Tracy Walker comes back. There, there's a lot of interesting subplot to uh, to the defensive backs group, the training camp. Yeah, and what, what I think also what will be interesting, I guess, during camp is is if he if it is if he Melifon will going to be in the mix. Is he going to get opportunities? It just seemed like C.J. Moore bypassed him. Uh, others have in the past. Is he a corner? Is he a safety? That's a Brad Holmes draft pick. That uh, it's kind of a, a big season for him, don't you think? Oh, for sure. I mean, he he goes from, you know, being an outside cornerback to transitioning to safety and dealt with some injuries and whatnot. But I think that's a perfect segue to maybe talk about the defensive line, too, which I think is another really, really interesting aspect to Brad Holmes roster construction. Right. Because I think everybody maybe had Kalijah Cansey circled as the next Aaron Donald and he was on the board and the Lions go Jack Campbell. Well, <laughs> you know, somebody somebody who was drafted with the Fatu Malafanu was second round pick Levi Onzerike, and he's been dealing with back issues ever since he came into the league. So you look at, you know, Brad Holmes' first draft, second and third round picks. Are they going to be contributors or are they players that are going to go by the wayside as uh, as they start to get this roster figured out to contend? Well, you know, Ryan Matthews, uh, second round picks, uh, this is where they come to die. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> I think we've kind of, you know, I think we're away from that jinx. We're getting closer to getting away from that jinx. And like you said, Onzerike, I mean, my goodness, I don't think anybody's going to pencil him in to do anything. I think it would be a plus if he was even on the field this year, just based on what we've seen. And, you know, Dan Campbell is a pretty straight shooter. Has basically, anytime he's been asked about him, said, yeah, we'll see. It's not real optimistic. Yeah, which which is just, and again, you didn't bring me on for my medical expertise, but <laughs> with uh, with Halapuli Polyvitae. And his back surgery seems like they're a lot more optimistic about him being ready for for football oh, yeah. than than Levi Onzerike. So, um, yeah, that, that defensive line group though, Ali McNeil, I'm seeing a lot of really cool videos of him pushing sleds and stuff. I I, I want to see him make that jump because he's going to be very very important and critical to the interior of that defensive line that seems kind of paper thin. It is. Um... I'll be interested in seeing how Covington plays and if Broderick Martin offers up anything. I and mean, that was a, a pretty high draft pick for a guy that everybody said they reached on the edge. The edge spot interests me because it's like, where are all these guys going to play? Uh, Romeo Quar is healthy. Charles Harris is back on a pay cut. Obviously Hutch wants to be out there. 
Um, that's a that's a loaded group that we haven't said that in this town for edges in years. But according to the national media, it seems like they're missing something, right? I, I think ESPN had a uh, article go up today where Lewis Riddick was just another one of uh, these ESPN guys that keep on asking, well, what did Detroit do to upgrade their edge talent? And I, I think you hit on it, Matt. Like they got some guys healthy. Romeo's back healthy. Charles Harris is back healthy. Uh, they have John Kaminsky, Josh Pascal. He's back healthy. He might break that second round curse, right, Matt? Um, yeah. There, there's there's an awful lot of guys in the mix. Uh, James Houston, another guy, right. uh, edge defender. Let, let's see how much he's on the field. Is he just on there for passing downs again? Or is he starting to take on a bigger role in this defense where he, he's on the field on first and second down? No, I agree with you. And I think if James Houston keeps doing what he's doing, he has to be on the field. So that means you're right. Kaminsky, Pascal, where are these guys going to go? Will they move Hutch inside on some third downs? That's a good problem to have, though. I, you know. How many times over the last few years did we just talk about they can't get to the quarterback? You know, Kirk Cousins comes into Ford Field and throws for 400 yards. It's because nobody touched him. Now it's yeah. I, I'm with you. I think I think people aren't seeing that. It's, I think it's a pretty good group. It is a good group, and it, and it has a lot of depth. And the, the defense, I think, as a whole, kind of speaks to that in terms of they have a lot of depth. But which guys are going to step out and stand out and? be be stars because i think that that's what detroit desperately needs right maybe on both sides of the football they they lack kind of like that star power uh in in terms of you look at some other teams hanging around the league like the pittsburgh steelers well they have tj watt he's a bona fide sack artist you know he's a team or he's a player that's going to keep the steelers in the talks right uh and maybe in contention in their division but do the lions have those star players I, they might right that aiden hutchinson might be a guy matt um, you know, and they, and they might have a few others, but we'll see. Wait, but wait, I read on your site today that Alex Anzalone is the, uh, he's the <laughs> star, straw that stirs the drink. <laughs> we all thought that, right? We all thought that when, when, you know, Brad Holmes re-signs him to the contract he did in the off season, I think that that was maybe the biggest surprise to me, Matt. That was, uh, it was to me too, but I know they love him and he's got that new Orleans tie with, with certainly Campbell and Aaron sure. Glenn. Yep. So. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, future head coach Aaron Glenn, uh, for, formerly of your favorite team, the New York Jets. By the way, do we want, do we want to discuss that at all? Or? <laughs> might might want to table that one for now. Uh, oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. That's but a... the, the the Alex Anzalone thing is is pretty interesting to me in, in the standpoint that they they go and they draft Jack Campbell, right? And and right. It seems like those guys ostensibly they want them playing kind of the same position. They want them as the Mike linebacker, Jack Campbell. If, Brad Holmes, you know, sees him as being the guy who wears the green dot. So how does that all shake out? Are, are you still getting Malcolm Rodriguez on the field? Is Derek Barnes taking another step? Yeah. A lot of, lot of interesting uh, pieces to, to that equation as well. No, no question about it. All right, we come back. We'll talk to Ryan a little bit about the offense. Got a lot into the defense. Got to ask him about the kicking situation. We could uh, maybe uh, wager a bet on FanDuel on uh, who the uh, kicker for the Lions will be this year. Baseball season's in full swing. We got... Exhibition games are coming up. Isn't that crazy? In the NFL preseason, no better place to get in on all the action than our friends at FanDuel, America's number one sports book right now. New customers do get that no sweat first bet up to $1,000, up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to join today. Over under, we've talked about it. I'll ask Ryan about it. Nine and a half for the Lions. You go over, you go under, you can get in on it. 
at fanduel.com slash locked on. Go there now. Snag that no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join today. FanDuel is the official partner of the Locked On Podcast Network and Major League Baseball. Ryan Matthews with us, senior editor, prideofdetroit.com, best line site uh, that there is when it comes to information and getting everything you need to know and getting ready for training camp with the rookies coming in, veterans this weekend and everything else. We talked a lot about the offense or the defense, Ryan, before. Um, by the way, over under, I said it in the read, nine and a half. You going over or under that uh, that win total? I want the alternate win total, Matt, at 11 and a half, and I want the over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, we're really geeking out now. Look out. Scared money don't make money. Oh, man. How about that? <laughs> well, you look at the schedule, and at times you go, man, it's cake. And then other times maybe you go, eh, you know, Raiders could come in here and win. Like, Jimmy G's an upgrade. I don't know how someday I, I seem to uh, differ on it. There's some people that think the Chicago bears are going to make this giant leap. There's others like me that don't. So how do you, how do you kind of look at the schedule? It all starts with the division, right? Those six games are so important and, and that can maybe dictate what your overall, you know, uh, record's going to be. But I, I just think in the division, I mean, five and one should be what you're shooting for. You know, the, the Vikings were a 13 win football team, but they had a negative point differential. That, yeah. that, that can't sustain itself. And, and they got worse on defense and they lost Dalvin Cook. I, Green Bay, who's Jordan Love? Uh, Chicago, it, it's all Justin Fields. And I know that's a lot of quarterback talk, but I mean, that's a reality in the NFL. So, you know, it, five and one, you got to shoot for that. And then you look at, they get paired up with the NFC South. That might be one of the worst divisions in football. That That's how I kind of talk myself into over 11 and a half wins. <laughs> No, no, I, I, I hear you. I think that's a, a little bit of a stretch, but like you said, five and one in the division should be doable. And that's what they did last year. We think they're better this year. So, yeah. Um, tell me about the offense. What do you, what excites you for camp? What are you going to look at? Jameer Gibbs, period, mm. end of sentence. Jameer Gibbs just seems like he's going to be an absolute dynamo in this offense. I I, I think the, the biggest acquisition, and it wasn't so much, going out and getting somebody, but bringing Ben Johnson back, I think everybody can agree that that was the most important thing that the Lions could do this offseason. And it's so well documented, the the relationship that him and quarterback Jared Goff have with one another. It, it was critical for them to keep him here. And there's a lot of talk about the wide receiver depth for the Lions and whether that's enough while Jameson Williams deals with his six-game suspension. I, I have full faith in Ben Johnson being able to you know, just mad scientist himself into making this offense work while they're waiting on big, a big time playmaker like JMO coming back. And, you know, the wide receiver depth is something, but again, Jameer Gibbs factors into that, right, Matt? I yeah, mean, they, yeah they drafted him at 12, not just to be a running back because they, they signed David Montgomery. And I, I think they're going to expect him to, to handle his fair share of the workload. But Jameer Gibbs is more than just a running back. He's a guy who can run routes he had 44 receptions last year at Alabama. He led Alabama in receiving. You know, I, I think this guy is a really special player in the way that you hear people talk about him. He has it, right? And and if if he can be an explosive player, if he can have an Alvin Kamara type rookie season or a Christian McCaffrey type rookie season where he has over 80 catches, people they're not going to worry about him being drafted as a running back. Yeah. No, I, and I, I mentioned that last week. Like, I think we all talk about well, who's wide receiver two. And after Amon Ra, maybe it's Gibbs and maybe yeah. you're right. Putting him all over the field is, you know, 
Ben Johnson's licking his chops. It might be a lot of situations where uh, Montgomery and Gibbs are on the field together, but they're not standing next to each other. And that's okay. This is like you said, 2023. This is not, you know, the lions drafted old school with running back and middle linebacker, yeah. the first two <laughs> picks, but um, I'm excited to see what he does. I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah. You, you, you've heard Brad Holmes talk a lot about, especially that interview he did with Peter Schrager from NFL yeah. network, you know, positionless guys, you know, Gibbs isn't, he's not just a running back. He, he can, he can run routes like a wide receiver. They didn't, they didn't draft Jack Campbell just to be an inside linebacker. They view him as being an anchor to their defense. So, um, it, yeah, I, I think you might be onto something there, especially those first six weeks. I think Jameer Gibbs can kind of uh, steady the ship uh, as far as handling a, uh, a receiver's workload. But beyond that, Matt, they, they have Marvin Jones back, you know, uh, familiar face in in, in, uh, in Detroit. And he's a guy who you can maybe expect to kind of steady the ship in those first six weeks. Maybe that's why they grabbed him. You know, Josh Reynolds is a guy who in in spurts, it looks like he he can be Jared Goff's security blanket. And I think Amon Ra, though, a lot of people are overlooking the guy. He yeah. he has had he stacked a couple of very good seasons, especially, you know, he emerged in the second half of that rookie season when Ben Johnson started designing up some plays. I, I think he's he, he's on the cusp, right? Matt of, of being a top 10 wide receiver in this, in this league. I, I think he's, I think he should be there now. I, when I saw the Madden rankings and I'm an Amari Cooper fan, I think he's a good player. Uh, D hop is, is good. And obviously is now going to Tennessee and that's, you know, they've signed so many veteran receivers over the years where, you know, try to resurrect careers there. Uh, yeah. But Amon Ra's gotten snubbed a little bit on some of these lists lately. Hasn't he? I think so. You, you know, the two names you just mentioned, guys are a little bit longer in the tooth, right? Mark Cooper's right. been around for a while and D hop has been around for a while. And maybe they're just getting that, that rub because of being legacy players, but I'm on Ross St. Brown, man. I, I, is there another player on this offense that you would want, you know, Ben Johnson to drop a play for when the lions need to catch or when the lions need to play? Right I, I, I think he's your guy, you right. know, he's, he, he's your guy. And, and maybe he's being, undervalued because he plays the slot position and it seems like those guys are a dime a dozen but the really good ones like who i think i'm on ross st brown is he's he's a guy who really stirs the drink in detroit no 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 question about it and that's his room that wide receiver room and you, you think for a guy only entering his third year maybe you know like you said marvin comes in guys have been josh reynolds around longer in the league at least but that's he owns it man and I think now, too, with the addition of Sam Laporta, look out, right? I think that that opens up the field for more possibilities for St. Brown, don't you think? It does. It does. You know, I, I think I keep going back to looking at this football team, the way it's being constructed, and there are a lot of comparisons to the San Francisco 49ers. You know, Christian McCaffrey is a running back who runs and catches passes. Debo Samuel is a guy, again, they, they were having, you know, a lot of talks about hey, if he's playing running back and he's playing wide receiver at an elite level, how much money do you pay a guy like that? We've seen Ben Johnson use Amon Ross St. Brown in, in, in the backfield and, and do some running plays and things like that. And then you look at Sam Laporta. Is, is he the George Kittle? Is he a guy that can can block and catch and, and really change things for them? I, Laporta is an interesting draft pick to me. He was maybe the draft pick that I was maybe, maybe the most lukewarm on after the Lions made that pick. But seeing him in OTAs and in rookie minicamp, he's a guy who really flashed. And I, I kind of saw it. Once I saw it on the field, I was like, okay, I get it now. I, yeah. I, I get it now that he's here. 
No question about it. Uh, I want to get into the kicking situation uh, with Ryan. We'll talk a little bit about the division as well and wrap things up coming up next. I want to tell you, though, about our friends at Marg's Sparkling Margaritas. You guys know I've been talking about Marg's for the last few months. Summer go-to drink, the replacement for the typical White Claws and High Noons. We have found it with our friends at Marg's. Refreshing, ready-to-drink sparkling margaritas have officially become my go-to cocktail. Try the coconut if you haven't yet, folks. They've got five unique flavors. I think the coconut is very good. Crafted with real Blanco tequila, Marg's are clean, crisp, genuinely taste very, very good. There's something for everybody with those five unique flavors. Like I said, coconut, the regular, all of that. No, I'm not going to sing the margarita song that's all over TikTok. I love most uh, when kicking back after work. I can get myself into trouble for doing that. Uh, or just hanging with friends. Here's what you do. Go to SIP, S-I-P, Margs, M-A-R-G-S, SIPMargs.com to find that real uh, retailer near you. Uh, I go to the one at uh, Nino's uh, right off of uh, Hall Road. And uh, you can grab your Margs there. Must be 21 and over to enjoy. Cheers and please drink responsibly. I wrap it up with uh, Ryan Matthews here on a Wednesday edition of Lockdown Alliance. Check out Ryan's stuff at prideofdetroit.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Ryan underscore P-O-D. Kicking situation's interesting. I said the other day, Robbie Gold wants in. Uh, he wants to be in a warm weather place or a dome place. And here are three guys. I've never seen this before. Three guys competing uh, for the job. And we were used to Jason Hansen days and Eddie Murray days and Matt Prater. Um, what is your take on the Badgley, Romo, uh, Riley Patterson scene down in uh, down in Allen Park. May the best leg win, Matt. It, it seems like Romo has the leg uh, in terms of the the distance that that you want out of a out of a kicker. But they they traded for Riley Patterson for a reason, um, and they brought back Badgley. I, I don't think it's one of those situations though where you look at you know if if you have two quarterbacks you don't have a starter, but if you have three kickers you're going to have to settle on one of them. And I, I don't, I don't think none of them are perfect. Right. Um, but I think right now I have to give the edge to Romo. I, I, I really? want to go with the guy who has the leg. XFL. Huh? Yeah. I mean, try, try it out. See, see, if it, see, if it, <laughs> see if it fits right. See if it fits right. What's interesting is the way Brad Holmes has done the kicking situation now for three years, it's bizarro. So like, you know, I don't know what to expect. You're right. If Romo wins a job and he's just gags because it's the NFL and it's Thursday night football opener in at Arrowhead, then I guess is badly they're going to get signed by somebody else. Could they bring him back? It's almost, you know, it's almost like that's what the Lions have done over, over the first three years. Yeah. I, I mean, until you find one, you don't have one. Right. And there was that little period where the Lions, you know, uh, kick alicious uh, yes. before, before the Lions get Prater there, there's kind of this dead period where, Lions fans, again, we're in that unfamiliar territory of, well, you know, you could always trot out Jason Hansen and he can knock down a 48-yard field goal, no problem. Um, but again, I think the whole kicking situation kind of comes back to how aggressive Dan Campbell is on fourth downs, right? And and maybe there's this give and take with, if you have a guy like Romo who can kick a field goal from 53 yards and you feel pretty comfortable with it, does that all of a sudden change your level of aggressiveness on fourth down? If it's fourth and three and you're on the other side of the field, do you trot Romo out or, or are you going to stay aggressive and, and keep going for it on fourth down? Like, like you've won over a lot of fans doing right, Matt. Yeah, they did. Well, you got to be smart about it. And obviously in Minnesota last year, they had an injured kicker. He wasn't the right kicker anyway. And uh, yeah, uh, cost, cost him that game. What, what are the expectations in your mind, Ryan? What is a successful season 
for the 2023 uh, Honolulu Blue and Silver Warriors this year? It's got to be a division, Matt. It'll it'll be the first division win since since I was born. You yeah. know, I'm I'm 32 years old, and <laughs> I, I can't even remember my my you know the Lions winning a a division, and it wasn't even the NFC North back then. So it would be nice for the Lions to win an NFC North title for for once in my lifetime. But I think those are the expectations. It's it's a division win. You get to the playoffs. I mean, anything can happen. It's a single game. You know, who knows the health of, of a team? You look at a team like uh, the Lions back in 2016, right? They kind of had this magical season where, you know, they're, they're winning a lot of games by the, you know, the just by the hair hair on their nose, right? And Matthew Stafford gets hurt. And they go to Seattle and they, they just get pummeled. You know, who knows what happens when the Lions get to the playoffs, but they absolutely need to get there. And I, I think that the expectations of them winning a division are, are sound. And I think every fan should kind of hold them accountable to that standard as they go through the season. Um, it's going to be really important though, Matt, that they get off to a start that isn't, you know, Oh, or whatever, or one in six, that, that's going yeah. to be the most critical thing is, is how they come out of the gate. And like you mentioned, there is kind of spots in their in their schedule where it's like, Oh man, that could be pretty tough. And I think that's the beginning of the season, you know, chiefs and Seahawks. Those are some pretty good football teams. You, you got to come out, you got to win some games and, get things headed in the right direction. But I mean, 10, 11 wins doesn't seem like, you know, too high of expectations for, for Lions fans. Give me 30 seconds. What team is going to push the Lions in the division the most, do you think? You know, I, I've been going back and forth with Jeremy and Eric on this, and they think it's the Packers because of their defense. I think it might be the Chicago Bears. Oh, if Justin, if Justin Fields, <laughs> if, if, he, if he can do something, if he can put something together, they – they made some splashy free agency moves when they, you know, signed some linebackers. Uh, but DJ Moore, I don't know. I You look at the rest of the NFC North, Matt, and who knows, right? It, it could be any of those teams, but I, I guess I'll stamp my ticket and say the Bears. Ryan Matthews, pride of Detroit. Appreciate your time, brother. Great to see you. Always, Matt. Thank you. There he is, Ryan, with us here on this Wednesday edition of Locked on Lions. we got more to come tomorrow and Friday. We continue our first-time Pro Bowler list. We'll see you tomorrow right here on Locked On Lions.